Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Dais, a podcast about the stories taking place in and around El Paso County, Colorado. I'm your host, Scott Anderson, and my guest today is Dina Mark, the executive director of HeartSpace Kids, Inc. How are you doing today, Dina? Great. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, so today we'll be talking about some of the programs associated with HeartSpace Kids and how they're putting American Rescue Plan Act grant funds to good use here in the community. Uh, but first, if you're interested in more stories about ARPA funding throughout El Paso County or hearing from county leadership about local government priorities and how they operate, you can find additional episodes of this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. But let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, Dina, could you start by sharing a bit of background about yourself and how you came to be associated with HeartSpace Kids? Sure. So I, um, my background is in education. I was an elementary school teacher for several years. Mm-hmm. And then I became a school counselor and did that for a while and then decided to open my own private practice, which um, I did that about three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and about a year into the pandemic, decided to start the um, nonprofit HeartSpace Kids because there was a huge need for um, financial aid for kids who couldn't afford therapy services for a variety of reasons. So I decided to found the nonprofit HeartSpace Kids. Okay, and can you share a little bit more background about HeartSpace Kids and uh, what is the main mission of the organization? Sure. So HeartSpace Kids was founded in 2021 um, with the main mission of just providing access to mental health care and educational resources to kids in need, um, kids and families in our community right here in El Paso County who can't afford services, um, whether it's because they don't have insurance or they're underinsured or many, many people have trouble finding a provider who takes their insurance. And so they're not able to, even though they have insurance, they're not able to use it because there's a lack of um, providers in the area who take certain insurances. And Mm -hmm. so our main mission is just to remove that barrier for families so that they can access the services that they need. So in 2021, did you see this more as a response to the COVID pandemic or just something that it came to light more for you because of the COVID pandemic, uh, what what really triggered the start of the organization? Yeah, so I think I always had in the back of my mind to start a nonprofit for this reason. But mm-hmm. when we got into the pandemic and um, we were just seeing such a huge need for services in the community, you know, of families who needed care, of kids who were really struggling and they couldn't find providers or they couldn't afford services. And so it just kind of like made the urgency there. So we Mm -hmm. decided to go ahead and just get started and file the paperwork and become a nonprofit. Okay. And do you work with therapists who have their own practices or are the therapists all a part of the organization? What does that look like? Yeah, great question. So we started as just a funding and referral source. And so what that looked like was we had um, a handful of clinicians in the community who were our in-network providers. And Mm -hmm. so we could refer kiddos to them who were taking advantage of our financial assistance program. Um, Now we are an in-house provider as well. So everybody here in the office at HeartSpace Kids, there's six providers here. We also see the kiddos in person and in-house. And so we have our services that we offer, but we also do still refer out to the community as well. Okay. And in the name of the organization is HeartSpace Kids. Does that mean you serve 
only children say up to 18. Uh, what does it look like in terms of who you serve and uh, how many people you have served right now? Sure. So we serve kids three and up okay. and we go to young adulthood. So usually 22, 23, mm-hmm. you know, thinking of the college age kiddo. Um, and we also uh, serve parents as well. Okay. So we, we, we don't necessarily do adult therapy, but we do, you know, you can't just serve the kiddo and not the parent and the sure, family. Right. So we do serve um, parents as well. Are there resources for parents? Say, you know, maybe they don't have a child who's in therapy, but are there resources for parents that they may be able to take advantage of that exists here? Yeah. So um, we can see parents here as, you know, as an adult client. Mm -hmm. Um, Our funding, though, that we use for financial assistance is only for kids right now. So we have what's called the Kids First Fund, and we use that money specifically for kids um, up to age 18 or up to age 21 if they have special education services. Okay. And I'm wondering, can you talk about how important it is for HeartSpace Kids to be viewed as an organization within the community that people can come to and receive those services? Yeah, we know that we are in a mental health, you know, crisis right now, especially with kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are just seeing... kids, you know, we have wait lists. That's just like a perpetual wait list. There are lots of kids trying to get in and get served. Um, and we have referral lists. So if we aren't able to help them, we can refer them out. We have referral lists for a variety of different, um, issues that they may be having or insurances they, that they might need to use, or if they need family therapy, or if the parents need marriage counseling or couples therapy, you know, we have a bunch of resources that we can kind of send them out into the community if we can't provide that here for them. Okay. Very good. Uh, so after submitting your grant request to El Paso County, a HeartSpace Kids was awarded $70,000 of that ARPA funding. Uh, can you talk about what specifically that money has gone to fund? Yep. So 100% of that money has gone for direct services for kids for mental health care or educational resources. Um, we put the entirety of that $70,000 in our Kids First Fund, and that is just exclusively used to pay for services for kids. So it was direct services for either individual therapy um, or some workshops. We do like social emotional workshops or group therapy, things like that. Um, And we, you know, whether they did that in-house with us or they were sent out to an in-network provider, but all of that money went just for direct services. Very good. And one of the things that I've learned since starting this podcast is that no nonprofit organization is an island unto themselves. I feel like everyone is saying, oh yeah, we receive help from this organization. They, they helped us figure that out. Or, you know, we refer people here and they refer to us kind of thing. Uh, so how has working with other nonprofit organizations in the area benefited the programs that you guys are working on? Yeah, we um, are sort of in the beginning because we're newer, we're in the beginning stages of building those partnerships, but mm-hmm. we have other nonprofit organizations in the area that we partner with and we refer to each other um, for services, like for kids who, you know, may need something we can't provide, we can refer them to another organization and, and vice versa that works both ways. Um, we're starting to partner with some organizations who we may in the future be able to do functions together or events or fundraise things like that um, because we are you know really to sustain our mission and, and keep moving forward always in that fundraising mode and so partnering with other organizations I think is a really great way to do that as well. 
And did that also extend to how you decided to build out HeartSpace Kids? I, I would imagine, I don't know anything about starting a nonprofit organization, but I'd imagine there's a lot go, that goes into that. Uh, whereas, were some of those partnerships built because you were trying to figure out how to do that for yourself? Yes, absolutely. I didn't also did not know anything about a nonprofit. <laughs> I'm still learning. Um, but that's the first thing that I did was reach out to other nonprofit organizations in the community and just ask them if I could buy them a cup of coffee and mm-hmm. ask them some questions so that I could get going on this um, nonprofit and get it started. And, you know, everybody in the nonprofit community is just so generous with their time and their expertise. And, and they were all willing to share information with me. And um, hopefully I can return that favor someday to somebody <laughs> else. Yeah, you yeah, know, that's that's wonderful to hear. I was wondering if there was a personal story that you might be able to share from someone you've been able to support. Now, obviously, you know, working with kids, working in therapy, we got to be careful about, you know, what we share. Uh, but I was wondering if maybe you've got something that you'd be able to uh, let people know about why, you know, HeartSpace Kids is a place that they could receive that support from. Sure. So we do, um, I mean, obviously we can't disclose like personal stories or names or anything like that, but we Mm -hmm. do have quite a few kids who are coming in, um, you know, with pretty acute situations, whether it's suicidal ideation or self-harming behaviors or, you know, um, depression, anxiety, things like that. And so getting them in the door to receive services and then being able to keep them, right? Mm -hmm. Like to get them in here on a weekly basis and have them receive the services for as long as they need so that they can get well. I think that has just been a tremendous asset for a lot of families who can't necessarily afford therapy, you know, four times a month. Like it's just not in their budget um, to do that realistically, or they don't have the insurance or, you know, we've already talked about, you know, finding a provider who takes their insurance. And so um, I think giving families the peace of mind that, you know, their kids can come here and get the help that they need without the family having to worry about the hardship of the financial burden that that could place on them Mm -hmm. has just really been the biggest and most, you know, rewarding thing for us here is just to be able to provide that service for them when they so desperately need it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that there's still a little bit of stigma around the idea of uh, a therapy. And this, I think, especially when it comes to kids and, you know, taking a child to a therapist. And, you know, I think some people think, you know, that's, you know, not necessary or, you know, I've uh, got a you know, they can work through it themselves or it's the a parent's job to do that kind of thing for, for, for you, how would you respond to that? You know, what would, what would make you say, maybe it's worth a second look, maybe it's something you should consider. Sure. So I think, you know, we are starting to view mental health care as just another part of our health care. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like we would view it at dental health care right. and, or going to your primary care physician for your annual physical, mm-hmm. I think being proactive with our mental health care can really help us just build those lifelong skills that we need, um, which is one of the reasons I work with kids, right? Giving yeah. them those skills when they're young that they can use for the rest of their life. Like we know life is full of ups and downs and challenges and crises and all kinds of other things that are going to pop up. And so I think if they come in the door, you know, and they're eight or nine or 14 or 15, and they're learning these coping skills and they're learning about their emotions and their triggers and, you know, how to handle things when they arise, 
it just makes them so much more well-equipped for real life later on. And so it really is, in my mind, something to do as a proactive kind of a strategy just to set them up for success for the rest of their life. And so, um, you know, I tell the kids when they walk in the door, I was like, this is why I work with kids. Mm -hmm. And so you can take these skills that you're learning right now and use them for the rest of your life. Like these are lifelong skills. And for someone who has not been through therapy before. And, and let's say we're speaking to people who are potential, uh, potential kids who might come in and receive those services. What would you, what would you say to them to help kind of ease their minds about the process and, you know, uh, understand, really understand that value? Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the things I tell parents all the time is like, it's your job to get the kiddo in the door. It's my job to keep them here. Yep. And so we try to make this space as comfortable and um, safe as possible. So uh, it's very kid friendly, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we make sure it's cozy. We make sure we have games to play or we do artwork or we build Legos. So, you know, when they come in, it's, it's like, they're coming into a safe space that's welcoming and, um, you know, we will definitely take their interests into consideration so that we, we want them to want to come. Right. Yeah. And so if we can get them in the door and, uh, you know, create that space for them, that is welcoming that what they want to keep coming back to. I think that, you know, is how the therapeutic relationship really builds that foundation to do some really good work with the kiddos. Um, and, and just depending on what their, needs are you know some kids they may come for six or eight sessions and they might might be like okay I'm good to go I'm going to go use these skills that I've learned um, and then some kids are you know they're here for you know longer and that's okay it just depends everybody's a little different a lot of kids will come through therapy do their sessions and then take a break and then come back when they need a, a check-in or, yeah. you know, a checkup or whatever you want to call it. And so our doors are always open. They can, you know, we never close a file, so to speak. Like we always tell our kids, if you want to come back in for any reason, just have mom or dad reach out. We're, you know, we're here. Our door is always open. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. I, I really like how you illustrated that. Um, so are there any other programs that the organization offers that you feel would be important for listeners to know about? Yeah, so we have, in addition to individual therapy for kiddos, um, you know, we, we do have workshops for parents. So we try to have a few workshops going um, for parents for if you have a kiddo, let's just say with ADHD or struggling with anxiety, we try to get parents involved in the way of having a workshop for them so they can learn more about how to support their kiddo. Um, we do groups for kids, social emotional learning groups. So we usually have uh, we call it Worry Warriors. It's an anxiety group. Um, we have what's called the Green Zone, and that's just sort of emotional regulation group for kiddos. Uh, we usually have some teen support groups going on for a variety of reasons. Um, and then in the summer, every summer we do a summer camp. So this summer in June, we have our Mighty Minds summer camp, and that's for kids ages 6 through 12. And it's a fun summer camp. Like we do arts and crafts and, you know, we have music and movement, but the foundation is all social emotional learning. So we're trying to sneak in those, you know, those skills and talk about <laughs> our emotions and our feelings and right. how we can kind of manage them and cope with them. Um, uh, but they're also having a great time and, and it's, you know, 
a fun summer camp. So we do that every summer. Um, and then we are just trying to add more programs. We hope to get into the schools this school year. If we can get some funding to do that, we would love to go into schools and um, either provide after school workshops or, you know, whatever the schools need. Like we want to be a resource to them. So that's sort of our next big step. Nice. And uh, for those who may be seeking services, how can they go about obtaining those services from you guys? Sure. So they can go right to our website, which is heartspace-kids.org. And they can read all about the services we provide in-house. They can read about the providers we have here on site. Um, If they're looking for financial assistance uh, on our website, there's a link that they can click. It's a very quick and easy form that they can fill out for financial assistance. And then somebody will get back to them with, you know, what they qualify for. Uh, We have been um, awarding 12 sessions at a time for families. So, you know, once they apply, if they are eligible, um, we usually award 12 sessions to get them going and get them started in in therapy. Um, But it's right there all on our website. Very good. And then for people who are listening and they're like, oh, I really like the mission here, and then they want to get involved, uh, but they may not know where to start, where can they go to look and how can they best help? Yeah. So again, on our website, we have a page um, on there that's dedicated to how that how anybody can help, whether that is they want to become an in-network provider. If they're a therapist out there in the community and they're like, oh, I want to do this, they can um, get on our website and send us a quick note about that. Um, if it's uh, you know a community member who wants to be involved, whether like as a volunteer or a board member, we're always looking for board members and volunteers and they can reach out to us on our website as well. And then we have what's called the HeartSpace Heroes Club. And so those are for people who want to actually sponsor a child for 12 sessions. And so that there's a way that they can, um, do that. And so Mm -hmm. if they're like, oh, I want to, you know, do a donation that is for 12 sessions for a kiddo. Mm -hmm. And that's part of our HeartSpace Heroes Club. They can go on our website and check that out too. Well, is there anything else that you want to add that we haven't discussed yet that you think would be important for people to know about? Um, I just think getting people to really access mental health care, um, really before they're in crisis is so important. And a lot of us, I mean, we're so busy, like everybody is busy. We have our families and our jobs and our, you know, our kids and everything we're trying to juggle. And sometimes we just kind of wait it out and we're like, oh, this is, this will get better. It'll get better. But I think if, you know, we can get the kids in here before they're at a crisis level, it's just so much um, more impactful and can just be so much, you know, being proactive just can alleviate so many problems down the line. And so that's my biggest plea to families and to parents is just, you know, don't wait till they're in crisis, just get them into therapy and get some good skills going and get a good foundation for mental health care. Great. Uh, Well, thank you, Dina. I appreciate you taking the time today and for the work that's done here at HeartSpace Kids Inc. So thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming out. If you're interested in listening to additional episodes of Beyond the Dais, you can search for us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.